12 minutes to go in normal time. Liverpool 3-0. Call it, take it quickly, Origi! Yeah! Hello and welcome to the Reds Cast podcast. Welcome back to the Reds Cast podcast, should I say. We're back. I'll get into the explaining. Joined us with, uh, joined by Steve, as always. We're back, Steve. <laughs> it's been a while. We are. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've missed it. I've missed, I've missed, I've missed chatting absolute waffle about football. <laughs> We've got some explaining to do. So basically, uh, December's been a bit of a mad month um with mine and steve's work it's been crazy it's been both our birthdays it's just been crazy hasn't it really we haven't had we haven't had a yeah. minute it's been a heavy one hasn't it? Yeah. um obviously it wouldn't have been a good idea around either of our birthdays to come on because we wouldn't have made any sense <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then obviously um we just had a bit of a mad few weeks in work so it's all sorted yeah. all back to normal and um, we're going to touch on a few of the games that we have missed and then focus mainly on um, the 7-0 thrashing of Palace and then building up to our game against West Brom on the 27th. Um, so the last one we'd done, Steve, was the Ajax game. So touching quickly on the Wolves game, 4-0 was mm-hmm. a solid performance, wasn't it, from the Reds against a, a side who where you'd probably say... We both said that they were the ones probably to watch this season. They've got a good team. Uh, obviously, we was unfortunately lucky with that he didn't have Raul Jimenez. Um, in unfortunate in a sense yeah. of what's happened to him. Um, but it was a good game, weren't it? It was a good game to see Liverpool like thrash someone. Really, it's been a while. Yeah, um, and it's the, I think it must be the first time on the history of this podcast where I predicted the score right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> didn't you? Didn't you have a bet on that one? Is that the one you won? No, no, the money I won was. Um, oh, okay, was it? Uh, was it the Tottenham score first? We won 2 1. Yeah, Tottenham. Tottenham, yeah. I know. <laughs> uh, and then in between that Tottenham game was um, two. I'd say it's all right. It's good in hindsight now, but I'd say at the time it was it was two worrying draws. Michelin, we'll start with Michelin in a sense of. It was a bit weird to see us go quite strong in a game that we didn't really need to get anything else of, did we? Yeah, it was it was a strange one for me that. Um obviously we all expected like eleven changes. Yeah. Throw the kids in and he didn't. <laughs> like I, I don't know what he was playing at, but look, we won the group. Yeah, so top of the group. Whatever. Whatever, didn't it? Yeah, and it was always good to see Curtis Jones on the score sheet. That yes. made that made me dead happy. Um, the Champions <laughs> League goal for him, um, yeah. And then obviously the Fulham game. What was that all about? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, <laughs> like that was. I, no, I've got no words for the Fulham game. To be honest with you, it was just that. Uh... To be fair to Fulham, they're looking a lot better than they did at the start of the season. Aren't they? They seem to have. Fulham every time they come up make wholesale changes, um, but they are looking a little bit, a little bit stronger, a little bit more consistent. And to be honest, they're looking like they probably could stay up. Um, yeah, uh, they started the season and 
uh, they lose the first three or four games or something and they lost, you know, comfortably. It was a comfortable win for the opposition on every single game they played and they looked like they were in real trouble. Um, now they look like they've turned it around a bit. Whether they'll survive, don't know. Um, but they've given themselves a better chance with the last few weeks. Do you know what? I, f- I'm f- I said Burnley didn't like the stars the season I'll go down. I mean, they're only three points above the drop. I want to get mm. your thoughts on, is Arsenal too big of a team to be relegated? No. No. No one is. Um, it's, it's quite worrying when you look at the Arsenal team on paper, the fact that they are four points above the relegation zone. And I've seen today on Twitter, apparently they've inserted relegation clauses into some of the big players' contracts, which is mad. Wow. I mean, it, yeah, it's mental for a club of that size. Um, do I think they'll go down? Probably not. Um, but no team's too big. Look, look, like you've seen teams in the past, teams like Sheffield, Wednesday, Leeds, who've all been like doing quite well. Aston Villa went down, Man City went down, yeah. you know, before before the takeover. That no team's too big. Um, but I don't think they'll go down this year. It'll be a massive shock if they do. Um, I think long before that becomes an issue, Arteta will probably go. It's mad though, really, isn't it? Because when you think back to the start of the season, when at well, the end of last season they won the, the FA Cup and then they, they beat us in the Community Shield and they were all, all yeah. the Arsenal fans thought he was he was unbelievable. And I, it, I think it's disciplinary in a sense of... My brother said to me that our, the perfect team manager for Arsenal would be Benitez. Because they just they lacking so much discipline, aren't they? Like, I think they've had something stupid like ten or eleven red cards now. It's just a team, and you can just see like, the team don't even want to be there. And what's interesting, what I think is West Brom. I was set on them going down this year. The appointment of Big yeah. of Big Sam, they ain't down. They're not going down. No, he's a he's a specialist, isn't he? And um, he's got the January transfer me. window to go and buy loads of grocks as well, hasn't he? To just sit behind the wall. It wouldn't have surprised me if Arsenal would have brought him in for a few months. Like <laughs> <that>. <laughs> well, apparently they're getting Wenger back, aren't they, for, till the end of the season. I've seen that, um, Albany says, that's who they've been linked with. And I just think it'd I'll be s- you- so Arsenal to get Arsenal Wenger back. <laughs> it'd be such an Arsenal <laughs> thing to do. Benitez is a shout, to be fair, for them. Um, he's got the... What they're lacking is a lot of tactical mouse. Uh, yeah. um, and they're, they're lacking discipline, they're... They're not lacking quality. You can't say they're lacking quality because they've got some really, really good players there. But they, I don't know. Maybe they're not. There's something, something's missing. And whether it's Arteta doesn't know what he's doing, whether the players just don't like him, it's not working. Um, but it makes for fantastic Arsenal TV viewing, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Been loving it, me. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I think it'd be a good point if I can find a little book to review um, the, we'll do it on, I can't even see where it is the predictions we had I don't think any of us predicted Sheffield United to be in the position they're in but I'm going to go bold and say they need to no. sack Chris Wilder if they want to stay up now yeah. they spent well, £25 million pound on, on Rian Brewster now I'm not saying Rian Brewster is the answer to the problems but to spend that much money on a player and then bench him and bring him on for 20 minutes. He's not going to change a game in 20 minutes. He's got to develop. That screams of a director of football signing Rian Brewster and not Chris Wilder. Um, I remember 
Benitez done the same thing with Robbie Keane. Yeah. Um, the, the club spent 20, 20 odd million bringing Robbie Keane in. Played him on the wing, played him here little bits of bobs but never got a chance uh, and that was absolutely to prove a point maybe maybe Wild is doing the same who knows it's it's a shame though really because Rian has got talent and I'd hate obviously if, he, if they go down he's probably going to get sold um, so it'll completely annihilate our our claws with them um, in terms of buying them mm. back obviously we're not going to we're not going to buy them back at the end of this season Course we're not. Um, but nah. if he goes down, he, he's good enough for the Prem, which is, is crazy because it's sad because I would have liked to have seen him develop into something world class and then us get him back. Because um, I always like to see products of the academy do well in the team, especially recently, given how much of our academy has thrived in recent weeks, yeah. months. Um, <clears throat> and it'll be sad to see him. If he goes down, maybe he would stay with them and do a season, but... I just feel like it's, it was just the worst team for him to choose, really. Like, when you look at him at Swansea, he was working under Steve Cooper. He worked him at England under 21s. He knew his game. He knew we his strengths. Where it just feels like the if it's not working for Sheffield United who they're playing at the minute. And I was looking at some of the teams, and they haven't been playing like Lundstrom as much this year. And it just feels as though he's just changed too much. Because surely so, well, Dean Henderson isn't the reason they got they done so well last year. Not the he sole was a big reason. part. He was a big part. He was he was probably their outstanding player last season. But you can't you, you can't base a whole season on one player. Uh, you said Tom Lundstrom. I think he played the weekend. Got sent off, didn't he? Yeah. Um, Brewster. Get, getting back to Brewster. He was smashing it at Swansea. He's he's not getting a look in at Sheffield United. Are we are we now saying that was his level? Oh. It's it's a hard one, really, isn't it? Because you, even when you look like Dominic Solanke, he's absolutely killing it this year for Bournemouth. He's he's smashing them in, and maybe the championship mm-hmm. is his level. But then there's such high hopes for them because they they've, I think they both won, or was it just Solanke who won that um, award that only like oh, Pele and stuff England won? The yeah, the golden boy yeah. now, and it's just it's I don't know. I really don't know. I feel like if you put Brewster in a team with say. Say if you put him in the Palace team, I think he'd thrive more. Yeah, um, probably they play more to his style. Um, I don't think he'd start for Palace. Uh, that's where I'm getting at. Is is if he wants to play week in week out and be a star, he, he will probably have to drop to the Championship the same way Solanke has the same way. Look, Harvey Elliott. He's absolutely killing it. Well, people are now saying now. I mean, we knew we we haven't seen it for Liverpool because obviously he hasn't really had a, a look in. But we've we've heard big things about him saying he's he is world class. He's going to be unbelievable. And then you watch you watch him in the Championship. Steve, he's levels above the opposition when he's playing against them. Like you can see that he he is far too good for the Championship, and he's what seventeen. Mm, yeah. Yeah, some of his goals, some of his assists, the way he plays there, it's just... I've actually been watching Blackburn to watch him, and he's just mm-hmm. a joy to watch, and it makes me ex- excited. And I'm sassy here thinking, like, do we really need to bring someone in like Jaden Sancho in the summer when you've got someone like Harvey Elliott with that much potential? <laughs> because I know Sancho's world-class, 
but he's got a, mm. he, he's only become world class through regular games. That's what Elliot needs as well. Yeah, I'd, I'd be reluctant to go that far just because of uh, Brewster. We were saying the same thing last year about Brewster. He was absolutely killing it for Swansea. And we were going, oh, do we need this? Like, do we need this? And then he comes back and he doesn't get a look in because that bridge between the Championship and the Premier League, although it's, you know, it's one division. Yeah. But the step is massive. It's huge. You can see it just through, like, just purely through, like, the likes of Dominic Solanke and Brewster. Like, I, I remember I put Sky Sports on the other day and it bore me for, like, 15 minutes into a game and Solanke had scored two and I had to like I had to double check it I was like oh, Solanke scored and he scored two it was just it like, was... I can see um, I can see Divock I know there was talk of them going to Wolves they'd be absolutely mental to take him but I, I can see the championship being Divock's level possibly yeah so before we move on to the Tottenham game and the Palace game I want to touch on Divock he's changed he took every ounce of Liverpool off his Twitter Still on his instep, but he's removed anything. He just says professional footballer on his Twitter. Mm. Um, there's now rumours that we've offered Schalke a swap deal for that Kabach. Did he centre half the Turkish oh, one? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, spoke to me to me sources in Turkey. Um, he's meant to be a, like a really, really good centre half. It's it's hard to judge him given how bad Schalke have been at the, have been in recent seasons, yeah. but apparently he is a real, real talent. Um, but he was the one we were linked with in the summer, wasn't he? Yeah, it was in Kabach. And but I'm just going to ask you a question in the sense of, do we really need a centre half? Yeah. Because I'm going to put this to you. <laughs> Van Dyke's looking like he's he's an inhuman. He's playing like he's. I know it's only light ball work. The fact he's got ball work this quick after tearing his ACL is. The man's an animal. Reason I ate my dog after him. Mm. Um, <laughs> Fabinho. Van Dijk and Thiago just in front of them. Do we really need a centre back? Yeah, yeah. Because Gomez and Matip as cover. Because I feel like Ma- at this moment in time, Thiago's going to come into the team as they're holding, isn't he? Because Fabinho is playing centre half. Yeah. Thiago is going to show everyone he is the one of the best in the world at what he does. Up, mm. like Fabinho is the best. Thiago offers more going forward. But as a holder midfielder, he's world class as well. Now Van Dijk, how prob- mad is it, right? How excited those as, as a group of supporters, how excited we are about a player that we've seen play for like an hour in a red shirt. Just because like, you know he's, I feel like it's because it's the first time Liverpool really went and signed someone who is proven world class. Yeah. You think back to like Torres, no one really knew of him. He, he was good for he was good for Atletico. Don't get me wrong, but he wasn't like world-class name when we signed him. Suarez wasn't yeah. a world-class name when he signed him. You, you think of them players who have been world-class for Liverpool. We didn't sign them as world-class players. Thiago mm. is different. He is world-class. So if you put him in as a holder midfielder and he is unbelievable now for the rest of the season, and because obviously Fabinho is going to be a centre. Joe Gomez is out for the season. So when Van Dijk comes back towards the business end of the season and he's playing next to Fabinho with Thiago in front of them, players... A aren't going to get past it. If they get past Thiago, they're faced with Van Dijk and Fabinho. And if they get past that, they're faced by Alisson. <laughs> if that works so well, Gomez will struggle to get back in the team because Fabinho might struggle to get into holding because when we're with Thiago. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, my, my concern is 
that they don't come back as the same player. They are, they've just got two crazy injuries. Like, you can't guarantee players are going to come back anywhere near the same player. Van Dijk, I mean, Van Dijk's different gravy, so he's going to come back stronger, no doubt, but you never know. And It's whether Joe Gomez, Gomez has mentally got it in him as well, hasn't it? Because he's already been through a few big injuries in his career. He's had two broken legs, hasn't he, or something? He's, yeah. He's, I think this is his third, like, major injury. Major injury. Who knows what he's going to... I've got a beer in my hand, by the way, so... <laughs> I'm just going to raise this to Gerard Hulia because we haven't touched on that. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't done anything since, so... Gerard, cheers. Yeah, we'll touch on him in a sec. Um, but back to Origi. It's, it's a hard one. I'm never going to... We're going to need a new intro for a start. <laughs> um, but I'm never... I couldn't badmouth him because he's a cult hero for what for them goals against Barcelona and Tottenham <laughs> and the Saturday, Saturday night There's been a few. Yeah, against yeah. Everton. Like, I'll always love him and he'll always be a Liverpool legend. And legends are a term brand thrown about quite a lot these days, but Divock is a Liverpool legend for what he's done, without doubt. Yeah. But it says something when there's... I've seen something on... Liverpool's socials, Bobby and Ali were doing like a quiz or teammate oh, or something. Yeah, and someone and, and Bobby's hint to Ali about the play was he's lazy. And Alison straight away goes, <laughs> Oh, Div. So it's not yeah. just us seeing how lazy he is on the pitch. You know, he must be lazy in training. There's been times he's been completely left off the bench. I don't think we'll see that again with the being nine um bench players now. But I feel like he is pretty much gone in January and the fact he's removed Liverpool off his Twitter and that, maybe the deal's already done and it's just not been announced yet. Yeah, I think that the the worrying thing for me is the longer he stays, the more more diluted his sort of legacy becomes because the longer he stays, the the less we see of him and the the few little clips that we see of him, he just just half-arses it around the centre. He can't be bothered, No, so just like... I mean, the time to go was in the summer for me, um, because he's annoyed. I think he's annoyed a few fans with his half-assed performances uh, yeah. this season. So yeah, all that. But it's, it's a, <laughs> it makes me feel like we're bringing a striker in in January because if we let if we let Divock go, knowing that Jot is out till March as well, we are solely relying mm. on Bobby not getting injured. Now, Bobby doesn't get yeah. injured, touch wood, but you never get injured, mm-hmm. Bobby. But then you're relying on that front three f- consistently till March because there's no rotation. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean you've, got, you've got little uh, Taki there as well. Who, well uh, that was interesting to me. Took his goal very well. Yeah, well, Klopp actually, I've, um, I'm going to read it. He said something in his programme notes about Taki. Uh, and for the game just before, it was just before the Palace game, he said in his programme notes, he said... Um, I'm not usually a fan of single people else, but I think Taki is someone I want to highlight. Taki's been sensational for us since he came in. His attitude is of the highest level always. Commitment to improving is total. He has to be patient, and at times I can imagine it's Queen quite difficult. His lack of starting opportunities until now is not because of anything he is not doing well. It's because the players in his position have been so consistent. Um, Taki, it just feels like now he was similar to Robbo. He's just been gelling into the team. And if we do get the tacky that we've seen come to Anfield for Salzburg, we have got a play on our hands. But I just don't want us to sit and keep saying he might be good, he might be good. He was good against Palace, and I hope he does build on it. I hope the, the goal gives the world the good, because you can see he has got the potential there. 
But I just still feel like if you're selling Divock, given the amount of fixtures, because this season's a shorter season, isn't it? I f- it'd just yeah, be crazy yeah. to not have an alternative, especially with Jota being injured. Mm. Whether that... Have you seen any rumours of, of any, any fourth players that we're bringing in now? No, absolutely nothing. Um, the only rumour I've seen is Renato Sanchez, which is the genie. Oh, we've really done this before, didn't we? Yeah, uh, it's a bit of a mad one with Renato Sanchez because as a kid, he had such high expectation at Bayern Munich. He comes to Swansea on loan mm-hmm. in the Prem, was shocking. But apparently, mm-hmm. I've, I've, I don't know if you know about what's going on in France. They've lost the TV deal, so all the clubs are skint. Um, oh, okay. But one striker I'd like to see us bring in, apparently he's up for sale for five millions, Memphis Depay. I know he used to play for Manchester United, mm-hmm. but I do like him. I I heard rumours at the time that he was at Man United that he is not a good influence on the dressing room. Um, I decent player. Don't get me wrong, he's decent player. And he's doing well for is it Leon he's playing for? Yeah. Um, he's getting good numbers down there, but if the rumours are true coming out of United, I, I can't imagine Klopp touching him with a barge pole if, he, if he's got that reputation about him. But then Genie and Verge, I don't know. So they'd be obviously giving him a, a glowing. But then Genie, might, I've seen Genie, it come out yesterday, I think, links to Inter Milan, and I've never, ever seen that coming. But it makes sense no. because Coman. If he gets, if he has a bad first leg in the last sixteen in the Champions League, he's gone. I feel like he's only kept his job because he done he's done well in the Champions League. Because Barcelona have been a shambles in the Liga this year. Um, they're financially struggling. They, try, they need to sell Coutinho in January because if he plays ten more times, they owe us twenty mil. Um, <laughs> so apparently they're like trying to sell him to recoup money back and stuff. And there's rumours they can't even afford to pay Messi anymore. And it's just football in general at the minute a bit mad like in terms of transfers. Mm. But with Renato Sanchez, I've seen rumours that apparently it's done. Um, I feel like with Klopp, Liverpool buy players based on pressing ability. So when we bought Jota, it raised a few eyebrows. Everyone was a bit like, bit a bit 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 much that for him, isn't it? And he like he hadn't mm. he hadn't like set the Premier light at Wolves, and he's come in and he's a pressing monster as Pepe does describes yeah, him yeah. and he's been phenomenal so I remember when we signed Salah I remember I was saying why have we bought a flop because he, he can't do it in the Prem and I've had my words ever since he's the best African player to ever play in the Premier League and that's statistically yeah. now yeah, um, yeah. so I do trust Klopp in terms of getting Sanchez if he lives up to the potential that people give him he's going to be a sign mm. and a half for 15 million but then you could also get him being like what he was at Swansea, where it's just... Uh, but yeah. For 15 million, um, it's, uh, it's probably worth the punt, isn't it? Probably. Um, like, when I first heard that name getting getting thrown about, I was like, you'd always, you'd always remember how bad they were. Yeah. You, you, because he'd come with a big reputation at the time and he was awful. That's what you remember. Yeah. Um, and I've not followed his career since... I just Apparently he's doing really, really well in France, but then I could probably do well in France. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, me and you could play for FC Farmers or whatever. <laughs> put me over there, like. Yeah, um, it's a shocking league, proper shocking. But it's interesting. I mean, PSG will probably be fine. I've, I'm standing by the fact Messi's going to go to PSG and Pep's going to go there as well because he's going to get sacked soon, I think. Um, but that's the only transfer I've seen. Really. I mean, I've seen a few people moaning about getting 
Sanchez and the fact that they're like, they're like well, we don't really need anyone because we've got Jones coming through. And I thought that myself, but then my brother laid it out for me in a sense of Milner's pretty much done. He's yeah. probably going to end up in a coaching role in the next year or so. Hendo's 33, 34 no, maybe next only year. Just, only just 30, isn't he? No, no, Hendo's 32 now, so he's 33 next year. Uh, I'm 99% sure. Double, double check that, I'm sure he had his 30th birthday a couple of months ago. I think he, no, that was after we won the Champions League. I'm 99% sure of it. Go on, check that. Oh, yeah, he is 30. What's my brother on about then? So Hendo's... What are you talking about? <laughs> Come on. So yeah, Hendo's 30, but I mean, he's, he's coming to the end of his career. Hendo. Uh, Milner's... A years left. Yeah, Milner's fizzling out. Um... Tiago, yeah, Genie's going. Tiago's twenty nine, so you're only going to get three, four years out of him. Mm. So I can understand bringing in someone like Renato Sanchez, who's twenty three, um, and maybe is he a step up from Chamberlain? It's hard to call because we at Chamberlain's come... made the biscuits. <laughs> yeah, but he's come back from another tough injury. I mean, when he came on against Palace, he looked sharp, but I don't think it'd be hard to look sharp in that game. Um, any time we shot, we scored. But that game would have been perfect for Thiago to step into. Same way the Chelsea game was when he came on for that second half. Yeah, it was just he would have just come on and he did just swashed it about and just looked gorgeous, wouldn't he, in that game? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I don't know if it's a step up from Thiago. That's a I like Hawks. I really like Hawks. If he stays fit, but I ju I just don't see Ox want. I can't see Ox getting into the central midfield, and I can't see he left Arsenal because he wanted to play centrally, and I just yeah. can't see him getting into the central midfield. Um, because again, Kaiser showing what he's capable of on the weekend. Um, I don't know. And by the way, I did call last time we were on. I did say Kaiser will be back for a game, then he'll get injured. So he came back for a game, and then he got injured, <laughs> and now he's back again. <laughs> I want him to be fit for that Leipzig game. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He'll be good in that's, that game. Is that February, is it all? January? I think it's like the end of January, usually the last 16. Uh, I've lost I've lost the, the rhythm of knowing when fixtures are without going to match because it's just like, because you watch, I don't know, it's just different, in it? Because when, when you go and you're like, yeah, I've got that game next, so you just know. When, like, when it. Now it's just up. like TV in it and you're like, yeah. oh, there's a game on tonight, there's a game on tonight, whatever. Yeah. You don't really follow it as closely, do you? Bit crap. But before we go on to the games, we played the Tottenham game then. Um, Gerard Houllier. What a man. That was a uh, shock. Like, I was gutted. It took me back a bit, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I mean, I knew he, he'd had his, his health problems in the past, but it, it came out of nowhere, this one, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean for, for like a fan like yourself who has seen Liverpool have glory days and then fade out for a few years, you've seen the full effect of Gerard Houllier in a sense of he dragged Liverpool into the 21st century. For yeah. me... Gerard Houllier was the manager when I first started to probably understand football. Like I think back to like um, when we won the treble. Well, we won five yeah. cups technically in twelve months, um, but we won the actual treble within one season. Mm. And like the finals, like Owen and Fowler, and that that was like my first memories of football. So when I found out he had died, I was I was <laughs> actually gutted. Even though I don't know yeah. the fella, I was gutted because it was just like that was the first time. He's what Gerard Houlet ultimately is the manager that made me fall in love with football. And made he's, me yeah, he's responsible for arguably one of the, the greatest seasons 
in recent history for Liverpool Football Club. Yeah. That season, I mean, obviously we've had last year, we, the last couple of years, we, we've won big, big trophies and that. But that season, we've come off the back of winning bugger all for years. To that, I mean, and that had more of a. You can go as like far a, as saying Julier was responsible for the Champions League final. I know Rafa was the manager, but it was Julier's team. Realistically, pretty much. yeah, yeah. I mean, Rafa brought like Alonso and that in, um, but it pretty much was Julier's team. And there's an interview of him where he says he goes into the dressing room to congratulate them all after Istanbul, and players are coming yeah. up to him saying, "Boss, it's your team. We've done it and stuff." And yeah. Julier is responsible for giving Stevie G his debut and believing in Stevie G. Uh, mm-hmm. Gerard dedicates a lot of his career to him and it was nice to see how much, how much he was loved in the world of football and because he was oh, by everyone yeah and to me i know we've spoke a lot about statues lately but i feel like the man does deserve one or he deserves yeah. something in anfield he just he deserves something in that forecourt of that stadium or inside the stadium or I'm not going to go as far as saying like oh, we, we should name a stand after him or anything like that um, there needs to be some sort of memorial or some sort of anything look there's plenty of space there now on that new concourse by the main stands and once they do the Annie Road up there's going to be more room around that there's going to be plenty of space to do something for yeah, them yeah because I mean, uh, you think we've got the Shankly, we've got the Shankly Gates and the Paisley Gates Maybe the uh, maybe the steps of the main stand, like the Julia steps or something. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it just needs something because he was he was he revolutionised Liverpool. Like he's he's responsible for making Melwood what it was. I know we're not there mm. anymore, but he was he made he's made Liverpool a modern day success. I feel like if you didn't bring Julia in, because we were in the boot room era, prior well, to that, well, with like I'm Roy Evans and stuff. If I, I feel like if we yeah, didn't he, bring him in, we wouldn't be where we are now yeah I mean at, at the time it was a little controversial he come in with Roy Evans and that was the sort of end of the boot room either Roy Evans was the last was the last of the old guard from the boot room yeah. so there's a lot of the old school fans were a little bit a little bit dubious about Julia but come the end of his reign they were and that game where we had the, the minutes of applause and people were singing his name, that the fans were in the state singing his name, I, I choked, I filled up. like. Yeah. It's just a shame that the first game back after hearing the news, it wasn't a full a full stadium to to mm. do something, maybe have a big mosaic in the cop. And I think that will happen when, when we're at full capacity, whenever that may be, because Boris has lost the plot again. Um, but <laughs> yeah. he, I, I, he, is, he made so many people my age fall in love with football and he probably made the older fans like yourself and that maybe fall back in love with football yeah yeah um it, it got us really excited again after a, a really poor poor period of being a liverpool fan and he was the one that he was the catalyst for it all definitely it's just i i just can't i, I feel like it's obviously going to happen in your lifetime. Like we're going to see the likes of like Rafa and stuff pass away, and that, and it's just obviously the first time it's happened in a long time that someone massively associated with Pula has passed away, and it it's just it was bad, it was mad, and hearing people like Steve, you know, saying like I'm struggling to deal with it, and that like it was just like oh, it was horrible. Yeah, 
he's 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 worked with so many top players. He was um, was he director of football at the French youth team or something. So he's yeah. he's dealt with all the the, the players at that. Uh, Thierry Henry, Robert Perez, all that generation who were world beaters. I think he he dealt with a lot of them at youth level. Yeah, he's he's worked with so many top top players, and they've all got good things to say about him. One of my favourite things about Julia is he is like an adopted scout. So he come was a PE teacher in Allsop. He stood yeah, he yeah. stood on the cop, <laughs> and then he come back and managed us. Like he stood with the fans when he was just a PE teacher and. He just he just loves the city and every time you like you hear you hear interviews with him, he's so passionate about Liverpool and I I feel like I'm more made up he had success at Liverpool because someone like that deserves it and someone who's passionate about the club deserves it. Like look at Klopp, he's a and Rafa, he loved the club. Rafa Rafa's mm. never moved out of Liverpool. He still lives well, Caldy, it's Yeah. You can debate if it's Liverpool, Liverpool or not. Yeah, but um it's just like it's just mad. Like, I, I, I honestly couldn't believe her. And may he rest in peace. And he, he'll forever be a Liverpool icon, legend, and founding father of recent success. Um, you could say, because without Melwood, we wouldn't be up in, in recent times, which is, is sad. But yeah, onto, uh, <laughs> onto the Tottenham game. Um, best, team, best team lost, didn't they stay? Honest to God, what an absolutely <laughs> Is this going on radio? Uh, what day are we on today, Tuesday? No. What a deluded tit that man <laughs> is, because... If they, look, right, I've got a, I've got a mate who's a Spurs fan, Graham. I don't know whether he still listens to this. He did say he was, he did say he was still listening to this. Um, and I'd spoke to, I was speaking to him throughout the match, a bit of banter here and there, and at the end I was like, oh, you know, well, we got what we deserved in the end. And his response was, you think? And I was like, you don't. He's like, we should have won. He was saying, Spurs, we should have won that. I said, nah, nah, nah. I said, you could have won it because you had a couple of chances, but you shouldn't have won it. There's a massive yeah. difference. Like, Yeah, I I had a lot of respect for Spurs fans. I have openly said on the podcast that multiple times because of the experience that we had in Madrid and they were so sound. But like you said, some of them genuinely thought they should have won. And I can understand in some aspects why they think they should have won. But... The chance when like when you're putting I Harry Kane in front of goal, missing, they're missing the difference between should have and could have. They yeah. could have for sure, but should not have by any stretch. I don't rate Harry Kane, and I know people do, but he proved to me in that game why I don't rate him because a player of his ability should have finished the chances that he had against us. Uh, I don't rate him. <clears throat> I might get some stick for it. I but I'll I've. One of my mates uh, always says he's he's world class, and I say he's not. He is. He needs to go and play yeah, with we, crayons. We, we don't watch enough of him. Um, but what I will say is, I've seen Bobby Firmino miss them chances. Yeah, and I feel like maybe uh, it looks as though Mourinho's trying to move Kane into a more of a Bobby Firmino position because mm-hmm. he's had a lot more assists this season. Um, and they are maybe they are going with like Son and that on the wing, so they are trying to play similar to Liverpool, which is it's mad to see a Mourinho team do that. But that game, if I'm not, if I'm, I think I'm, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't the stats stupid? Like, didn't we have yeah. like seventy percent possession? I'm sure it was seventy-eight 
78 percent possession or uh, something like we had 75 percent possession they had 25 yeah. we had 17 shots they had eight we had 11 yeah. on target they had two i don't know what world Mourinho was living in saying the best team lost like, i mean they had four big chances and missed three of them so but you could even go down to passes 813 passes we had today 254 718 of our passes were accurate 156 were theirs like just all the stats throughout we absolutely dominated them and, and I know Jose Mourinho does not like Liverpool in the slightest he hates us but mm. to sit and say the best team lost is just I, was, I, I felt like thinking, I was just thinking I'm, I'm, have we watched the same game here like because for yeah. me, I was sat watching the game thinking, because after the disappointment against Fulham, I went mm. into the game thinking Tottenham are going to turn us over because I've said all season, they're our biggest threat this season. They've been so consistent. I think Klopp described them as a results machine. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And then we just, like Liverpool, as always, when we're the un underdogs, would you say? I wouldn't say underdogs, but I'd say under question. Yeah, you know, we just turned up and we battered them. And I was sat there watching it, thinking, "This is a complete performance." This, and then Mourinho gets on the mic and is like, "Oh, you're the best team lost." And you're like, "What are you on about, mate? You, you <laughs> haven't watched the same game, surely?" Because even Klopp looked confused when he went up. You could see on the reaction when he goes up to him, and Klopp's looking at him yeah. and saying, "Like, are you mad?" You're a world-class... He is a world-class manager. Anyone who can win a Champions League with a Portuguese team is a world-class manager. He is. Yeah. And it's just Mourinho's lost the plot. I think he's... he's and then they've lost... They've lost, they lost since then, haven't they? haven't won since we beat them, have they? Not followed. Not followed their results, to be uh, yeah, honest. Yeah, they got beat by Leicester 2-0. Um, That's right, yeah. Yeah, I did see that, Sally. So they went from uh, first to fourth quicker than COVID did. <laughs> Fifth now, aren't they? Yeah, fifth out of the top four. United, are, no, Leicester are second and United are third. Um, United have got a game in United can go two points behind us if they win their game in hand, which is mad considering everyone wanted all the outs a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, it just shows what's going on in the league. The league's just mad this year, isn't it? United are a good side. They are a good side. I, I'm not going to, as much as I hate them, I wish to get relegated. Can't stand them. <laughs> can't stand the fans. Um they're a good side. I can't sit and say they're not. Um, would you argue with a better manager they'd be challenging us closer? No. No? While Paul Pogba's in that team, he's... <laughs> I know he, when he plays, he's... The thing is, Paul Pogba's world-class. He's world-class. And I'll never, I can never say he's not. From what you know, what he can do. When you see him in the France team... He is where, like when he won the World Cup, Steve, he was dominant in that World Cup. At Juventus, he was dominant, and I just don't know why he can't do it at United. Maybe it's attitude or whatever. But one thing for United me, have for in me, this that, that attitude brings him out of that world class bracket. Quality footballer, yeah, but the attitude and the inconsistency just drops him out of that world class bracket for me. One player who is world-class in that United team is Bruno Fernandes, and still to this day, I'm absolutely devastated we didn't get him. And it looks mm -hmm. inc increasingly likely that because Real Madrid and Barca are skint, he won't have his dream of following Ronaldo's career path, and he might stay, soon, he anyway. might stay there. I just hope he snaps his legs, to be honest, because he, he's made a difference. Oh. He has made his <laughs> He's made a massive difference to United, and I don't know if you watched the United-Leeds game. 
uh, I watched six. Like, yeah. yeah, I watched six. Obviously, Air Fan really Leeds fans coming up to Christmas. You know, it's going to be top of conversation. I wanted to to um, have a bit of knowledge on them, um, and I wanted to watch more of the Calvin Phillips because I can't get enough of them. I really, I, I would love Liverpool to sign him. I don't know if you've seen much of it. He is world class, um, and I just think him under Klopp unbelievable. But that United game, Leeds can't defend, but United battered them. Yeah. He did straight from minute one. Like I put the game on, and I don't know. I'd gone out to put the kettle on, or gone for a piss, or whatever. I come back and it was two nil. Yeah, two nil. Mad, isn't it? <laughs> but it was just. <clears throat> I don't. I don't know. You know, because I feel like United are trying this formula with Ollie like they did with Fergie, because Fergie wasn't successful with them for the first few years, and no. Ollie made a comment about when Billich got sacked. Which, by the way. I don't get it. I don't know what more West Brom could want. Um, they just drew with City. That was after the draw with City, yeah. <laughs> At the Etihad. Um, but I feel like the decision was probably already made. But they, they gave him, what, £20 million budget? They had like eight players on loan last year and they expect them to come up to the Prem, lose them eight players, spend £20 million, stay up. Crazy. Yeah. Um, but all he said, like... Um, Managers don't get enough time and clubs need to sometimes just ride it out with a manager because once they start getting their philosophy and that in, it mm-hmm. works. And it, you can say that with Liverpool. Like, we lost, what, three finals back-to-back, four finals with Klopp. We stuck with them and it's paid off. Because you could argue that people could have said to sack him when he lost back-to-back finals and people yeah, were saying yeah. he's a bottler and stuff. So it is, maybe, I don't know. I really, I don't know, because Ollie's only... Cause only the other experience he's had is Cardiff, and I don't think he got enough time there to to judge him as a manager. I wouldn't say he's a poor manager because you can see, yeah, he, he is a decent manager in some aspects. He's pulled off big results <coughs> when you think like the PSGs and stuff in the Champions League, and but they're just not consistent. And I feel like maybe with United, I feel like they, yeah, they probably would challenge more if they had a manager who, because I can imagine in the dressing room they just laugh at Ollie. Mm. Although they did have they did have Mourinho, um, and you could argue Mourinho's he's, he's won a lot. You, you could put him in that, that top bracket of managers in world football. Um, although he's a bit of a divvy like, but he won you know, the Europa League with United and got him finishing second. That's when... what I mean. So I don't know. Give give Gavolle time. If you're a United fan, I I always want to see managers given time because. They've got to have a project. They can't just come into a to a sinking ship and expect to expect miracles. Like yeah, I think that they could challenge us this year. Yeah, um, you said they've got a game in hand on us. If they win that, the two points behind, so that's that's close enough for a challenge for me. Like um, I still I think, think the league will be done by Jan- the end of January. Wow. Liverpool six points clear already. Stay on. Liverpool have never. In the last three seasons, being beat in December, ever. Won every game in December. When Liverpool play consistently, we're, mm. we're ruthless. Um, I just feel like this season, I feel like we're top by what, five points now because Leicester won. We're top up by five points and arguably our best players out injured. Yeah, we've, we've, we're playing with kids. We're top with by five miracle. points and we've got kids we've, playing. It's a five points. Uh, I know we're top, uh, like, and it's an absolute miracle that we're anywhere near the top. Considering the industry, yeah, you know, four points it, clear we are of Leicester. I don't worry about Leicester. Um, 
at all. Um, Brendan Rodgers hasn't got the bottle. He's showing it time and time again, even with Leicester last season after Christmas, showing it with us. I don't think he's got the bottle to, to challenge us. Um, but I feel like I feel like City are completely out of, well, eight points clear of City now, nine points clear of City, uh, so stupid like that. City are down in eighth on 23 points. Yeah, they're eight points behind us, but they've got a game in hand. That's if they win at five. So I feel like, was they're it not last... a million miles away, but... Wasn't last Christmas, though, wasn't we five points clear of City? Last Christmas, I it feels like last Christmas we were about 12 points clear of everyone. No, I think it was only about five points clear of City or six <laughs> points, because I remember saying to myself... Like that's it's only two games when everyone was saying it's done. But I honestly, genuinely think Liverpool won the league again this year. Like, don't get me wrong. I hope you're right, and, I, and I'm, I'm behind you every step of the way. But I think it's too early to tell. I mean, I was happy to see Chelsea flop against State. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Like you're making out like I'm a Chelsea fan. I was made up that they flopped. I hope they lose. I hope yeah. they lose every single game. But <laughs> it's just, I, Team of has been a flop. Is, can you could you argue that? Yeah. Um, what are the fourteen games in? You would expect better of them. Is it too early to tell for sure? Yeah, I think so. But Chelsea fans aren't patient been... though. They are not patient. No. Whatever they do to strikers, they ruin Torres. They they've ruined him, Werner. Uh, nah, Torres. We 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 said Torres are broken. Don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, they've had a few. Um, but they had that. Pato, they had... Shevchenko. Um, Shevchenko didn't set the world up. They've had plenty. The only one like, I can think of for Chelsea who has been dominant up front is Drogba in yeah. recent years. Who, but every other striker who's went there doesn't seem to deliver like they can. Like, you look at Werner and mm. you could argue, oh, he was playing for Leipzig. He was a big fish in a small pond. Leipzig are top of the Bundesliga without him. Mm. So... It, I just, I, I, I think Parson wishes he would have just waited for Liverpool to, to like maybe waited on a season. I feel like he's. Like, like, I don't feel like we've missed out anything there. No, and it's good to see that, and it shows that Klopp knows best because all of us yeah. were calling, like Klopp, we weren't calling Klopp for all sorts. We were fuming that we didn't get him, and yeah. me included. I think ninety-five percent of our fan base would be a fair estimate to go with was fuming that he didn't come um, and now you look at him you think I'd rather have Jota <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah I want to I want to touch on something as well I think I think we we talked about the uh, on via text through the week Mohamed Salah right you cannot argue with his stats and he, he's a phenomenal player but how different do we play without him yeah, not good. I'm not saying better. I'm not saying worse. But as a team, how, how can you play so different without one player? It's a catch twenty two, really, isn't it? Because I know, like, he's the great. He's better than Drogba statistically. I think you could go as far as arguing now he is the best African to play in the Premier League. You can't argue with his numbers. You think isn't he the? Mm. Isn't his goals per game ratio the best ever? In the Premier League, it's best than like Henri's and Everton. I'm sure it could be. It could be. I'm sure. Uh, I couldn't guarantee that, but uh, it could be right. Because sure his it, goal per game is just ridiculous. Yeah, well, Mo Salah has a 0.97 contribution per game, the highest ever seen in Premier League history. 
The second mm-hmm. highest is on rate at 0.96, so it's very close. But the fact that you think of Henri, and I hated them. He used to terrorise us. Hated it. Yeah. Hated it when we played Arsenal. Premier League legend. Yeah, or, or without, or without doubt. But mm-hmm. Mo Salah is unbelievable. But I feel as though when we play with Salah, because he is so good, it's sort of like when you think you think back to like when Coutinho was in the team, everyone looked for Coutinho to make it happen. Yeah. If, and like when things aren't like, if, like the Fulham game, it was just all Salah, 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 because you think he's going to make it happen. Gerard. Oh, he didn't start, did he? No. Oh, no sorry. In, oh, no, in the Palace, Palace the Palace game didn't start. But then what I mean is, you think of Gerard. Anything was going wrong, it was find Gerard, find Gerard. And I feel yeah. like in the Palace, when we with Palace, when he doesn't start, the team are a bit more free in a sense of they try things themselves without thinking like because maybe they haven't got the cut. Like you think of say Henderson, that shot from outside the box, mm. the goal against Palace, he probably would have found past the Salah if he was in that position in any other game. Um, mm. but it's hard to judge because it's a mad one because Palace have been we dominate we won them 7-0 without starting Salah I mean Salah come on and I was oh, do you know what I, I had him as my fantasy team captain and he yeah. didn't start the game and I was fuming <laughs> didn't he still get like 36 points he well. got yeah he just come on and done bits like he, he got most of the points from the whole team he got, I, was it two goals and an assist or two assists and a goal and bonus points and all I'd that. I'd seen a league team me the night before and took him out for Grealish and then it was and then when he didn't start I was like yeah. <laughs> like, I, all the leagues I mean I was going through the teams and it was like Sal captain Sal captain I was just like yeah because I've been doing well to be honest I was near the bottom like a few weeks ago and now I'm like near top in every league so I was made yeah. up and then he come on and gets two goals and assists and an assist which is but that that whole game. It's hard to this with, with the Salah thing. I don't know because when he when he came on, I feel like we looked even more dangerous. But then yeah, Salah yeah, seems played a different way. And, but yeah, what Salah seems seems to have come on and be more looking to provide. He was in the midfield more. He was passing more. Uh, Mane was fuming to so have come off. <laughs> but I don't mind. I love seeing that. If I, I feel apparently Salah's in line for a new contract, and this translation thing is is just all. Bollocks, I think what his mate's yeah. saying that he's not happy and stuff. If Salah's fuming about not being captain, it was always going to be Trent against Mitchell. And he's a scouser, yeah. being at the team since he was seven. He will be the captain one day. Um, Trent, no, I mean, Trent, Trent will be the club captain. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I'm assuming he's gonna stay. I can't, I see, can't see him leaving, uh, myself. But if Salah was fuming. There was still players above Salah in that who I would have given captaincy to before Salah, I think. Yeah, uh, Salah, as a, as a captain, he's way down in the pecking order. I mean, I know he's Egypt captain, but he's only Egypt captain because he's the best player. Robertson, would probably I would go as far as saying could have captaincy before Salah in terms of... I like I like captains further back on the pitch because they can see the game I, in front of them. I don't... I'd I'd give it to Alisson before Salah. Yeah, I mean, that's... People would, people do want to see Salah have the captaincy, but for me, I don't like strikers as captains because they've got the back to the rest of the game. Where if you've yeah, got yeah. if you've got like a defender or a central midfielder, they see the whole game, so they should be the captain because they're the ones who are controlling. And you look at Jordan Henderson, by the way, ruled that Palace game. 
he, he'll, yeah. he'll go under the radar because of there was so many good performances. But Jordan Henderson was man of the match for me against Palace for what he, the organisation of the team, for what he just, he bossed the game. He literally yeah. bossed it. He had Palace on strings. Delighted to see him score a goal. Great finish. Everything. I can't think of a bad finish in that game. I don't know if you can, like, I'm not saying a bad finish, no, but I can't he, think of a finish that was you like... They were all absolutely beautiful goals. Every single one. Every of them single one could be nominated for goal of the month. Yeah, yeah. My favourite, though. Bobby's. Bobby's, yeah. I, I, Bobby's. Oh. I just loved seeing him score, seeing him smile. I like. He's yeah. he's best in the world, best in the world, probably for me now. But <laughs> it's just it's good to see him getting on the score sheet. He needed that. Like obviously scored against Tottenham, got the winner, which you see him run all the way up to the cop and he's like that and going like that, that's for yous. And it's good to see him getting them goals. Um that, that goal I was on my knees in the living room <laughs> sliding around. Obviously because I have money on two one and Salah first goal, so I was like, that was one part of it. <laughs> but like the fact that we just won a last minute winner and it has won me a couple of hundred quid, I was just like, get in. Yeah. <laughs> like when when he scored because he scored did he get an assist and assist first in that game, was he no, it was Robbo, weren't it? For yeah, yeah, it was Robbo, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm struggling to remember all the goals. Oh, in the, the Palace, Palace game. game, yeah. I'm struggling to remember all the goals and assists because of... It was Tacky first goal, wasn't it? Yeah, Tacky was first goal. Um, Man, got second goal. Yeah, and then Bobby and then got Bobby. third. Bobby got the fourth. Salah got the fifth. Hendo got the sixth. Salah got the seventh, I think. Yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, it, Navi Kaiser impressed me in that game, and it, I. He usually does. Do you know what he usually does? Keep him fit. He's he's a fantastic addition to the team. It's just mm. keeping him fit in it really. And yeah. Andy Robertson though on that in that game, by the way, um, got an assist. Andy Robertson this season is our player of the year so far. No one can take that away. He has been... He's, he's took over Trent from last year, hasn't he? He's been different gravy. Gary Neville touched on him on Monday Night Football yesterday. He said, Trent is world-class, but if he wants to improve, he should look more at Robertson, like, defensively and how he's always bombing forward and back, forward and back, forward and back. If Trent can take a little bit of Robbo's game into his own, Trent will... He's already probably... He is the best right-back in the world. I feel like if Trent can just take a little bit out of Robbo, I agree with Neville, he'll probably be one of the, if not the best right-back to ever play the game of football. Yeah. The thing about Robbo is, I mean, you've seen it on that Wingmen episodes that they've done. He's just a little firecracker. Like, that's just him. Yeah. It's non-stop. And I don't think Trent's got that personality. Trent's more chilled and... Obviously, he's, he's energetic on the pitch. He's more elegant, isn't he, Trent? More, yeah, exactly, yeah. I think that that, that thing that's in Rob, well, it's either in you or it's not. You can't you can't learn that. Yeah. He's, he, he's just been different gravy this season. Like, I feel like he's stepped up knowing that we're missing our back two. He's just... I can't fault him. And I think, I'm mm. sure since he's signed, nobody's had more assists than him, not even De Bruyne. That's quite the start, that, if it's true. I'm, I'm sure I've seen that somewhere. Um, but yeah, Hendo, 104 long passes in that game. Uh, made up, made up to see him score. Um, mm. It's always good to see Hendo score. You see how much it means to him. 
obviously the sports personality of the year. I'm going to touch on that at the end of the podcast, so I'll leave that for now. Um, but it was just, it was good to see Liverpool absolutely dominate. Yeah, yeah, I'd say we did dominate against Tottenham, um, contrary to what Jose believes. Yeah. But we didn't get the the just rewards for that dominance. It felt like we were playing in our, in our orange kit again, doesn't it? Remember when we played in that orange? Oh, and yeah. We just dominated yeah. everyone. Yeah. It just felt like it was that again. Um, and don't get me wrong, I went into that that Palace game a little bit like, this will be tighter than people think. But then obviously Ben Teche, um got suspended. And yeah. it's mad to say that he could have made the difference, but he really can't because the way they fly down the, the wings in Palace and whack the balls in, Ben Teche's in form. That even like Eze, we kept him quiet. He's a, He's... So good, so so good. Mm. Uh, Zaha, another world class player, kept them quiet. Their keeper has been unbelievable this season. He kept them quiet. We had uh, Klein was there for them as well. It was was it mad seeing Klein in your eyes play for another team? Like obviously he hasn't played the game of footy really since Liverpool, has he? No. Um, to be honest, I kind of forgot he was even a Liverpool player. Like. Yeah. Trent just dislodged him, didn't he? Once Trent got the position, it was like, yeah, that's yeah, mine. Yeah, that was it. Um, like he, I, I felt a bit sorry for Klein because he didn't really do a lot wrong. I think it, no, I think it was career. Wasn't it? Didn't he do balloons? Wasn't he spotted on the balloons or something? Was he, oh, I don't, I don't care about that. <laughs> I'm sure he. Uh, yeah, I, I, I meant on the pitch. Like he, he never sort of disrespected Liverpool. He was never, he never put in really strong performances, but. He never set the world on fire, so, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, sports personality of the year, then. What do you think of Hamilton winning it? I have got zero interest in that. Like, who remembers who sports personality of the year is? Who won it last year? Can you tell me? Probably Andy Murray. <laughs> he wins it every year. That was. <laughs> it wasn't Andy Murray. I, I like... I heard a, I was listening to the radio a few weeks ago and you were talking about how insignificant an award it is because Tyson Fury asked to be took off the nominations and he didn't do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Like, <clears throat> I mean, I didn't. I don't care about it every year. Um, I didn't even know the pool were up for team of the year. I didn't know Klopp was. I just honestly don't care. But I watched it because I knew Hendo was up for sports personality of the year. Now, Hamilton, you can't take away what he's done. He's the greatest F1 driver. He's British. I get it. But he doesn't pay his taxes. And he's a Tory. <laughs> that has got absolutely no bearing on the... On, on the his achievements. Well, he he has an offshore bank account, so he doesn't contribute not into the country. So how is he... A, how is How can he win an award where people can look up to him in, the, in this country when he doesn't even contribute to the country? Where else... Like, you think about people... Pay, paying hard earned taxes like who don't out who aren't multi-millionaires like me and you day-to-day people who just work jobs we pay t- more taxes than Lewis Hamilton and I have no respect for him for that he's a Tory so I have no respect for him for that either and in the F1 it's not really that hard to be that F1 is a fleet of amazing engineering mm. however the, level, the playing field isn't, isn't level no, it's nowhere near level, and that's why Lewis Hamilton has been a massive advocate in F1 because they're trying to level the playing field, and he's so against it, as you can imagine. <laughs> um, he was obviously in 
before F1 in the main, the mini ones the, when the kids he was dominating mm-hmm. in that he's and the G the G force that you get off it you're going up 200 miles an hour around the track it's a for not to be an F1 driver you got to be seriously talented I get I get that but if you put Lewis Hamilton in a Red Bull car would he be as would he be as successful I have I've got no clear about F1 um... the only thing I know is Mercedes are the best. Like, they mm. are the best with everything that they do. But that's the thing. Like, if you put Hamilton... I mean, George Russell, when Hamilton had COVID, didn't win, but he come close. And every other time, I don't think... I don't, I don't really watch F1, but I've never heard the name George Russell before until Hamilton was at COVID, and he, he did nearly win it. So it, it goes to show that, obviously, Hamilton's a better driver than his Mercedes counterparts. But does he deserve sports personality? Yeah, the fellow doesn't even have a personality. <laughs> I, uh, to be honest, sports personality year is not something I have ever in my life given a toss about. Uh, I have even, even, when it, even like this year when it comes to Henderson being nominated, I'm like, who cares? Like, but do you think about what Hendo done for the food banks and that with the, the captains? And he has done more this year. You take away. Marcus Rashford's got a better shout in that case. Yeah. Marcus Rashford deserves sports personality, yeah. Rightfully deserved it. Deserves he deserves to be He's a United player, so I'm just about to can't be more serious. Marcus <laughs> Rashford deserves him. a nice He deserves all the accolades he can get. Um he's he's done wonders for for families in poverty and whatever. Um fair play. I, I can't say a bad word about Marcus Rashford and I'll always have a respect for him now for what he's done, regardless that he's a man, regardless that he plays for United. What a man. What an absolute man. And he probably should have been sports personality of the year. But I didn't even want, as much as I want Hendo to win everything, I wanted Tyson Fury to win there. Just because he didn't even want to be nominated? That not not so much that. So he was wrote off. And obviously I'm a massive mental health advocate myself. And what Tyson Fury's done for people with mental health and how much he's promoted mental health and put mental health in the mainstream news and what he's come back from is like fighting back his own demons to become world champion again. Beat Deontay Wilder, who's arguably one of the biggest punches in boxing and he's he's going to go knock Anthony Joshua out next year. Mark me words. He, he's, the Are best, you that he's the best boxer I've ever seen, Steve. He will, he'll floor Anthony Joshua. He'll, look, what I think also is Anthony Joshua fought an oh, a re- aging Klitschko and Klitschko put him yeah. down. Tyson Fury boxed Klitschko and put his hands behind his back against arguably the most <laughs> dangerous heavyweight boxer of all time. Yeah. And he went like that. Tyson Fury is an animal and he will knock 10 shades of shit out of Anthony Joshua. If he can catch him, if he can catch him, he'll knock him out. Um, He's too, I, think, I think Tyson Fury is too fast for Anthony Joshua. He is fa- he, he's too fast for us. He, he's only he's inhuman. You watch him and you see the size. And you're like, How are you that fast? How? <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. But he it'll, should be, it'll be an interesting fight, that's for sure. Klopp then, when we won Team of the Year, what do you think? Did you watch it? No, no. Well, I, I had absolutely no interest. Klopp in it said when we won Team of the Year, it makes it even better that we've picked this award up here in Manchester. They're on the spot. I adopt. <laughs> I know he's won the Premier League and the Champions League, but they're on that spot. I adopted Jurgen Klopp as a scouser. Because <laughs> it was just like, he's right. Get that dig in. He got coach of the year as well. Um, he's won. Before we go on to the West Brom game, did Jurgen Klopp deserve the best? 
Coach of the Year in the FIFA Awards. Klopp himself said he didn't. What's your view? Why he won everything? Why would he not? Hansi Flick. Okay, one sec. You okay? What do you need? No, sorry, I'm running around for. Oh, Hansi... child is huge. <laughs> Hansi <laughs> Flick come in. I don't think he lost the game, did he? Won everything. All the cups that he, he... Bayern Munich before he came in. By the way, he was struggling. And then he came mm. in, didn't get beat. He won all the German stuff. He won the Champions League. He does. All we, I, I say all we won, we ended the first year away, but all we won was the Premier League last year. Mm-hmm. Klopp got the FIFA Best Award for when we won the Club World Cup, won the Champions League and that. Rightfully so. But Hansi Flick probably did deserve it this year. Um, so was, he's the best manager of all time. Yeah. But Hansi Flick does... In my eyes, he did deserve it. And one thing I was pleased to see was Robert Lewandowski get the best player of award. Yeah, because he not... missed out on the Ballon d'Or. Yeah, didn't he? and Robert Lewandowski is the most underappreciated footballer, not by fans, by the higher mm. ups who give all the awards out. He is the most underappreciated footballer. And I feel like if he weren't playing in a generation with Messi and Ronaldo, we'd be cleaning up Ballon d'Ors every year. For sure, for sure. Like, it, it, his numbers don't lie. Unbelievable. He's... Oh, I'd love him at Liverpool. I'd love him. Yeah. I'd love him at Liverpool. So, yeah, before we go, we'll move on to the West Brom game and touch on that. Um, is this the perfect time to play West Brom? Before Big Sam gets his hand on the January transfer market and signs 11 Grocks to sit behind the ball? Um, It's always a tough one when you play a team who's just got a new manager because they're all out to impress... They all they all know he's gonna come in and he's gonna to want to sign six foot five units. <laughs> yeah, he's got yeah he's gonna to to go and sign a load of Slovakian six foot grocks to play at the back. Uh, so they're all gonna be fighting for the positions. They're all gonna be fighting for the places. He's gonna play ten at the back. And, it, and it's gonna. He said it himself though, anyway. Like, when he was on Monday Night Football a few years ago, you just sit back, get a goal, and you win the game. That's how you stay up. Yeah, yeah. And that's what will happen, but. I don't know. I feel like it's the best time to play them because he hasn't got his team yet. He hasn't got his. He hasn't got his big, massive meathead players. He hasn't got that. Mm-hmm. I feel like. I feel like once he's had time, it's only a second game in for them bearing in mind. I feel like once he's got time to, like, get his stamp on it. I've got no, no worries about them going down. I think they'll stay up with him. He, like, he he's proven to keep to keep teams up. That's why Everton brought him in. Don't forget. Yeah. Like when I'm, I'm, that's not even a dig. Everton were fighting relegation when they brought him in. They brought him in to stay up. Um, he's he's a relegation survival expert, so to speak. Um, but he he's West Brom's his club, isn't it? West Brom and Wolves, like they're the one. He's from down there. Um, I think it's just the, not. Yes, he he's big. Sam is no. He's a he's a Lancashire man. Big Sam supports Wolves and West Brom. Honest to God, he said he used to fluctuate between yeah. going, going to the two games when he was when he was a kid. Honestly, in his first interview, he said he went between Wolves and, and West Brom. He speaks like he's from Bolton, though. <laughs> I think he was at Bolton for so long, though, weren't he? Um, but he's, oh, yeah, he, he I'll played, take you away for it, like I don't know. Yeah, his first interview, he was saying that. Um, and I think his mate's dad played for West Brom or something. Um, oh, but, that's news to me, though. What a time to play them, and 
my only worry is we've had eight days off. Everyone's saying it's good. It's not good. When Liverpool have that much time off, Liverpool on Liverpool. We just started ticking, haven't we? Yeah. Um, dominating teams and this is the one time we probably could have done with a midweek game just to keep ticking over. Yeah. Um, West and Brom I'm not worried about. I'm looking at the table now. They are 24 points behind us after 14 games. Well, Villa beat them, but we can't say anything because Villa battered us. Like, I still don't know. I, I, I was thinking about that yesterday. I was thinking how. I still can't understand how that happened. But I just feel like it's hard because you don't know how much time off the players are going to get. Are they going to get mm-hmm. much time? Are they going to get Christmas off? I, I, like Because they've trained, or they're going to train right up till Christmas and have Christmas Day off and then train Boxing Day because they're playing the 27th. Um, mm. Are they all going to get pissed on Christmas Day? They, you, it's all, they, they do like a bevy. You've seen them party. Um, Jürgen obviously is, do, is yeah. a massive family man. Um, so we and he like Jürgen loves a bevy. Um, it, it's, it's, I just I don't. Did know. you know, right? I'm just gonna put this here now, right? I didn't realise this because it felt like we've had a bit of a falter and start of the season. That Villa game is the only game we've lost this season in the Premier League. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it feels like we've lost more. It, it, that's what I mean. They pull up by everyone saying we're playing bad. We're still top of the league by four points and lost one game all season. Yeah. We, we are just witnessing greatness, thing, and we've just got to take it in every every week. We've just got to take in watching this this group of players because success goes in roundabouts. When you think back to a few years ago, it was Arsenal dominating, then it was United dominating, then Chelsea dominated for a bit, then City's dominated, and nothing. Yeah, and it won't last forever. It won't. I mean, I hope it does, but it won't. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, we, we, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have our time. And then, you know, you're going to probably do one and then we'll fall off a little bit. And... Don't say that. Stevie G needs to win the league with us, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll come. That'll come. But I think in between, in between, there'll be another team. Maybe United will have another go. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe Tottenham. But I think... We, I don't think we're going to have a, a period of dominance where it's going to be 10, 15 years. I think we'll have five years, then we might fall off for a couple of years and then possibly come back. It'd be interesting to see, like, because um, I've, I've been watching a few Rangers games, I've just been watching 40 because there's nothing else to do, is there? And Gerard, Gerard has played as a team playing really, really well. Um, mm-hmm. James Tavener, it. Like, a free kick? Did you see the free kick he scored? Yeah. Oh he's, my God. He's, he scored. He's one of the highest scorers in all European leagues this year. And he's a right Isn't back. Right back? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just... Though you can see, I feel the Gerrard style of play probably wouldn't suit the players we've got now. But by the time Klopp, go, Klopp will go when it's right. He mm. won't... Like, he'll go when that team's like... Aging a bit. Um, and... If Gerard comes in, Gerard comes in. I would, I personally wouldn't. I don't really. It's hard because I want him to come in and win the league, but then I don't really want him to come in and flop. And you remember him for that. And like, mm. I, I know he's like one of the greatest footballers to ever played the game of football. But if he comes in and was poor as a manager, then you're thinking that's that's your most recent you, memory, innit? You lose, yeah, you lose some of the legacy, don't you? When your your latest memory of him is a failure. And I'd like to see us stick to the German philosophy and get like Junior Nagelsmann in. Uh, or someone like that, just or even just go with Pep Linders or something. But 
I hope that's a conversation we we aren't going to be having for five, six years. I hope Klopp is, is here and he's happy. And I feel as though the fact players are signing long-term contracts, as rumours Van Dijk, Fabinho and Salah are in line for a long-term deal next. Um, Bobby's already got a lifetime deal. Um, I feel like that. Who else has got one of them lifetime contracts where it's like the play they've signed to like the first. Alan, is it Allison? I think it might be. Um, and Mane will probably get a tied up to a bigger contract soon. Um, I think as long as we're successful, as long as we're doing well and challenging, I think we've got no worry about no point, going anytime no soon. Going anywhere else? Like your Barcelona's and Real Madrid, they're in a massive rebuild. The two of them. Especially mm. with the money all, like COVID has massively affected every league but the Prem. The only reason the Prem arguably can still go and spend money is because our TV deals are so good. Yeah. Like, if you look at, like, Barcelona, they rely massively on revenue. Anyone who goes to Barcelona on holiday goes to New Camp. Yeah. So they rely on that revenue and the fact that they're struggling, Madrid are struggling. What's the point in going to them teams and when you're playing for the best team in the world. But I feel like the players are only signing long-term... Con- they wouldn't sign a long-term contract if they knew Jürgen wasn't there a long time. Exactly. Well, well, Jürgen's planning to stay for a long time. I think he'll probably see his contract out now, four more years, maybe. Yeah. Um, it'll be as long as ever. And what would he have been? I was then 10 years. He's been here six now, hasn't he? Uh, this is this is his sixth. His sixth season, yeah. Flew, hasn't it? Proper, proper flu. That applies when you're having fun. <laughs> I, I honestly wouldn't change. Even the finals we've lost wouldn't change anything for the world. He's given us a cup final every year since he's come in. He's given us what we want. Whether you win or lose them cup finals, obviously you want to win them. But he's give you he's give us them days out. Like that's what I've always thank him for. Like the days to Wembley, the days to Madrid and stuff. And he give you he's give us that as fans and. I just hope he never goes. I hope he's like Fergie and he's like 90 or something, still, still sparring. He's <laughs> an honorary scouser. But yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll speak after the West Brom game, after Christmas. Um, I can see this West Brom game, right? I know we're all, we're all a little bit worried about uh, Allardyce sticking 10 men behind the ball, which I'm pretty sure he will. But I still think we're going to beat them about 5 0. We'll go with. We'll, I'm not going to try and do teams because obviously so much can happen. Yeah. Uh, they could maybe like you could even get COVID with a new strain being out and that. Yeah. Um, we'll go for pick a, a score and scores. I'll let you go first. Mane first goal five nil. I'm going to go Liverpool eight nil. With... You just don't like me having the high. You just don't like me having the highest score, do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I. <laughs> Eight, I'll tell you, I'll take that um, only because I can see us getting an early goal mm-hmm. and then they're going to have to come at us and they are not good enough to come at Liverpool if they open, they, and if they leave any sign of gap in the the one thing West Brom have got in the favour is the keeper's decent they've got a decent keeper um, have they still got Johnny Evans at the back though Oh no, he's gone to Leicester. Yeah, didn't he? he's, he's got Leicester now. Um, I don't think they've got. They've not really got anyone. To be honest, they've, they've got that in Danganga from West Ham, who Mark Noble publicly flipped at the board, West Ham board, but when he sold them, yeah. um, but they, they haven't really got anyone. To be honest, um, they maybe might have Sturridge back in January because um, mm-hmm. he wants to come back to Prem, but. 
Either I, way, we're going for a resounding victory, aren't we? Yeah, because I feel like early, like the Palace game, early goal, they're going to have to come out to try and get something out of the game, um, and then we'll we'll just pick them off. And if we picked Palace off, and I think Palace are levels ahead of West Brom, levels ahead Absolutely. of them. So, Absolutely, they've got so many better players there at Palace. And another reason why I think it'll be eight nil. It's at Anfield. Yeah. And got a few thousand fans in there, bit of noise. Just after Christmas, all the scouts is in good spirits, all in the new neon one tens, which I didn't get. <laughs> you still never got them? No. No, I didn't oh, stay. It's a sad time, surely. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I feel I just feel like and I'm we're gonna win. You don't get beaten Anfield. I'm not so gonna listen. Matty, by the way, we've got listeners all over the world here. If anyone can get hold of a pair of these neon one tens from Matty, just just hit us up. I'll rename the podcast after you. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly. But yeah, that's something I do want to touch on before we go. Um, Spotify do the yearly wrapped thing. And obviously there's there's fantastic podcasts out there for Liverpool fans. There's so many podcasts making good content, whether they're massive podcasts like the Anfield Rap and then there's like the Reds cat I mean Red Men there that they're like a massive on YouTube doing podcasts, massive channels or whether it's smaller ones like uh like Anfield Index and stuff they they're massive as well. Or whether it's really really small ones like us. Liverpool fans just get behind any and that's that's something I've learned from doing the podcast. You just get behind things and we done our Spotify wrapped and it was literally just for the platform of Spotify we're getting listened to in four countries, which may not seem like nothing, but well, I think when we started this journey, like a few months back, stay, I, I'm not, I know it's been a year, I'm only saying months because we've had COVID in between. So collectively we've only yeah. been doing, I think we've done like 32 episodes to reach four countries. Is I didn't think it'd happen and that's just Spotify. And then I look deeper into it. We're getting like cons- every single episode we do, it's actually getting more downloads in America than it is here, which is mad. We're getting downloads in like Vietnam, Hong Kong, China, uh, South Korea. We had a few the other day. Uh, we've yeah. had some in Japan, uh, Australia. Like I think I've counted to be like eight, eight or nine countries across all platforms, and nice one basically. Like yeah. it, I don't think we ever expect. I I think we expected it to do decent. We within time. But I don't think we expected it to be hitting different countries like, after like a few months, did we? And nah, two lads in a little studio, bedroom, yeah. you know. It's, it's crazy. Like, and I just thank every single person, whether you listen to the podcast for five minutes, ten minutes, the full podcast, like, it, it means the world to know that people listen to it. And yeah, just make sure you keep smashing the like button, smashing the comment buttons on YouTube, subscribing to it on Spotify and stuff. And tell you, mate. Yeah, hopefully by. The end of 2021, we're in 30 countries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, as always, Steve, nice one. Have a marvellous Christmas. Yeah, we'll speak to you with smiles again just after the West Brom game, yeah? Yeah, I can't wait. Working now right up until the West Brom game in Christmas uh-huh. Day. Can't wait to let me air <laughs> down. And hopefully, hopefully we're both right, 7 or 8 nil. Hopefully we're... 5 nil, 6 nil. Hopefully it's just dominance. That's what we want. A nice Christmas yeah. domination um, to put us, cement our place. Because obviously everyone's playing on Boxing Day, so people will be close to us <laughs> in terms of points if they win. So hopefully it gets us right back up there again. Okay, take it easy. Have a good Christmas, everyone. Uh, yeah, nice one for listening. Perfect. <laughs>
sound. I'll it'll probably I'll probably be up in the morning because he's gonna pick her up from work now, so I'll probably whack oh, up. Go ahead, yeah, sound. Sound. Go on then, laugh. Right. Nice one. I'll see you later. Ta -ta.